You are listening to the Plain Label Podcast. Rewind. apart and no way to bridge the gap no way to return my body and my soul to their true home like a fool i'd thrown away my medallion then i recalled matai shang his knowledge of earth of my history it means thirds were a presence on this world the cave in arizona was proof there might be such other proofs other thern way stations hidden all around the world i knew now what the cave of gold must be used for So for ten bitter years I searched. On the trail of rumor and legend, I ferreted out every possible evidence of Thurns, but I found no medallion. And then it came to me, and it came, and once it came, there were many plans I had to make in secret. I could trust no one. I had long suspected that the Thurns were following my movements. Now you'll understand the cause of my sudden death, the reason for my bizarre funeral instructions, why the door can only be opened from the inside. For if my body dies on Earth, then my copy dies on Mars. You are the key. This is the task I entrust to you, along with all of my fortune. Protect my body. The Thurns will attempt to destroy it. In the time it has taken you to read these pages, they may have already done so. Bum, bum, bum! Hello, and welcome to the Play Label Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Zelag, and along with me is my good friend and co-host, Eric Alexa Williams. <laughs> I like that, like a little improv in the middle of the word. <laughs> Hello. I was like, Alexandria? That's way too fancy for you. That is true. Hi, Chris. Anyway, uh, in this episode, we're continuing on our theme of shoulda, woulda, coulda, or shoulda, coulda, regardless, um, or movies that almost work. Before we get into rewriting the movie itself, we're going to discuss the 2012 film John Carter. And before getting into that discussion, we'd like to mention that we are proud members of the Deliberate Noise Network. So head over to DeliberateNoise.com and check out some of the other shows over there. Okay, Alexa, (laughs) what are you drinking today? Well, I am, and I feel like I should put in some special sound effects or something like that. I'm having a... (laughs) It's like the return of an old favorite. I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. I'm I'm having once again grapefruit and vodka. Seriously, it's a standard. <laughs> it is. It's been a long time coming though. So Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I haven't had it in quite a while, you know? Yes. Yeah. So I and and the origins behind getting the grapefruit again is not because, you know, it's super sugary or tart, which it is. Yes. But it's because uh, at the Hy-Vee near our house, they don't sell it. And so I was at a different Hy-Vee for whatever reason and looked and was like, oh, I'll be damned. There it is. They don't sell grapefruit? Well, not the kind that I, not the simply grapefruit that's kind of the pink grapefruit. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. okay. I don't have like a regular salty dog with just the yellow grapefruit. That's not for me. <laughs> I got to go with the pink grapefruit. <laughs> God, you're such a grapefruit vodka snob i know i really am and what's funny is that you know i was introduced to this drink way back in the uh way back when you and i first met actually and these old ladies used to drink it all the time so it's like huh (laughs) that's probably my speed (laughs) yeah that's right you're kind of an old lady i am kind of what are you uh what are you drinking i am drinking my summer my summer standard actually it's just all year round i don't even know why i pretend um just the straight up vodka water with lemon oh smart so tap water <laughs> well it's from the fridge so probably <laughs> it might as well be through those right? through those filthy refrigerator hoses well i'm sure that they're like this filter really filters your water and it it's probably not even a thing but regardless okay. so well that's what we're drinking and, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about our 2012 film. It is called John Carter. Let them be crushed. I saw you. I believed that something new can come. 
come into this world. You are John Carter of Earth? Yes, ma'am. threatens to destroy our city. That don't look like a fair fight. You are ugly, but you are beautiful. You will fight for us! Get on. We did not cause this. But this very night, we will end it! Too late once. I won't be again. John Carter, a Civil War veteran who, in 1868, was trying to live a normal life, is asked by the army to join, but he refuses, so he's locked up. Good God. He (laughs) escapes and is pursued. Eventually, they run into some Indians, and there's a gunfight. Carter seeks refuge in a cave. While there, he encounters someone who's holding some kind of medallion. When Carter touches it, he finds himself in a place where he can leap incredible heights, among other things. He later encounters beings he has never seen before. He meets a woman who helps him to discover that he is on Mars, and he learns there's... (laughs) (laughs) He learns there's some kind of unrest going on. That is the new title of my memoir. Yeah, there's some kind of unrest. There's some kind of unrest going on. Uh, the Rachel Z. Legg story. I like yeah. that. Okay. So, <laughs> wow. That one, you know, I put that in there and then I was just like, ooh, I cannot wait until Rachel has I know. to read this. <laughs> God, such an asshole. <laughs> I know. It's like, I wouldn't even be able to write them that, uh, that entertaining. Or, yeah. So, yeah. Even if you tried. I know. Even if I tried. And trust me, re- looking at some things I've written in the past, I have tried before. <laughs> so this is based on A Princess of Mars. They did not call it John Carter colon A Princess of Mars for good reason. <laughs> right? That wouldn't have made sense. Um, they called it John Carter, uh, some kind of unrest. <laughs> That's right. Movie one of three. Or of seven is what they could have done. So let's get into the film. Uh, This was very nearly one of our selections from uh, the greatest flops of all time. Yeah. I believe it was like sixth and it was barely sixth or something like that when we did the top five. And so this was a movie that had been on my Netflix queue for a while. And I had always kind of heard like, well, it's not as bad as you think. And it just, you know, the marketing was terrible around it. And the trailer didn't show what it was. And nobody knew what John Carter was. And they didn't mention Edgar Rice Burroughs. And they didn't do all of these different things. And that was kind of what I knew about the film. But I'm guessing this is a first watch for both of us. Is that right? You you would be correct, okay, sir. So what did you think of John Carter? I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I I'm a bit like I'm a big like fantasy sci-fi person, and so I always love when we go somewhere that is completely made up with whatever rules there are and things like that. Um, there are a couple things like that we can get into that you know being what it was, but I. I like got done watching it and I was like, there wasn't, it wasn't old boy. I mean, it wasn't like the worst <laughs> movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it wasn't terrible. So I don't know. Okay. So I think that the majority of the film works pretty well. I think that there are certain characters and actresses specifically that are giving it their all that are, that are really sort of, giving it a shot like they're really kind of going for it and i think that that could have been a lot of fun i think that one of the things that i want to start off from the bat is this was really close to being like a kind of a campy not great special effects uh 90 minute kind of 80s action movie oh that would have been awesome that would have been awesome but instead it came out in 2012 and it's really confusing with all of the stuff that they're talking about 
Yeah. And it's overly long and it's, I don't know. It, it just, it just screamed as like a first time director. Now I know that Andrew Stanton has done a lot of Pixar films before this and he was the, he was the quote unquote director, but I believe this was his first live action gig. And it kind of felt like that to me to where it felt like, Ooh, I'm not so sure if the audience is going to get all this. So I'm going to explain everything. Right. Right. And directing a Pixar movie is not the same as directing a live action. No, you heard, you are definitely like, you may be the guy in charge, but there are so many people around you helping you in a Pixar film. And granted there's, you know, producers and writers and such in a regular live action movie, but there's all these other people that are having to do all of this hard work that you're supervising sort of moment to moment. And as opposed to like, yeah, go just perform this scene, guys. You'll be fine. Right. I'm going to go get a drink. I'll be back. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, I guess I think we're uh, pretty much on the same page to where it wasn't, I don't think it was nearly as bad as all of those flops that we talked about. No, I think this would have honestly, because <laughs> the depressing month that we went through the flops, <laughs> it would have been like a shining light, definitely, <laughs> when compared to them. So, because yeah, I, what's, uh, mm, I just remember Pluto Nash and Mars Eats, or Mars Eats, Mars Needs Moms, right? And the Gina Davis pirate one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a, uh, there's another animated one, I think, in there. I don't even remember. Yeah, I I probably just put it out of my memory. For um, yeah. So let's talk about what works and what doesn't really work. So I want to start at the beginning where I think that the film is structurally kind of a mess. <laughs> because okay, because we, we open and they have this sort of deal before the credits. And we've got these kind of unwieldy alien names that... One of the things that bugs me, whether I'm watching like a Star Wars or a Star Trek or I'm watching or I'm reading a science fiction book or something like that, and I come up with some funny name and I'm just like, oh, that's blah, 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 you know, yes. like I don't even Hermione. sit. Yeah, <laughs> Hermione. I don't sit and try to figure out what the word is. I'm just like, oh, it's it's the one that starts with an M. Right. So that's I'm just going to say, oh, it's the M word and just keep moving on. And I'm actually doing that a little bit with the book that I'm uh, that we're both uh, reading. Okay. I'm doing a little bit of that now, and it. it hasn't uh, hasn't come back to haunt me yet. But there's a lot of stuff in there where I'm like, I don't know what this is. This is this this is this thing, I guess. So <laughs> I think that at the beginning, there's some unwieldy alien names of some people of some different cities because they start doing the Barsoom stuff and they start talking about what Earth is called and they start introducing the Tharns and all these other things. And I'm like, oh man, I don't know. This is a lot of this is a lot of like what people don't like out of fantasy and science fiction, I feel like. Well, honestly, like when I looked at the script for this show and that paragraph was there, I started reading it and like kind of just started glossing. Like I didn't <laughs> mm-hmm. even remember uh-huh. any of those words. And it's been like, I don't know how long since I watched the movie, but like immediately it was like, what even is this shit? <laughs> oh yeah. That's a thing from the movie. Yeah, like, so like, wait, I, that was in you the get movie? lost. <laughs> Yes, you do get lost. I think that it's also unfortunate that, you know, part of the blame, rightly or wrongly, and we can talk about it, is that the film was called John Carter and no one no one knows who the fuck John Carter is. And it seemed like Andrew Stanton really went to went to bat by saying, No, 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 people know who this is. You don't have to put, you know, the something about Barsoom or something about the uh the a princess you couldn't just be called a princess of mars you know it had to be this was in the uh oh what was the jack reacher also i think came out around this time the first one of those i mean i didn't know who jack reacher was either i didn't so either jack. and so i but, see john carter and i think the dude from er like what the fuck <laughs> noah wiley you know i'm like what and so i don't know that you know obviously i haven't read the book but i don't know that uh I don't know what it was going to be just based on that that title. I mean, like, that would be like making... Okay, because this, this author was, like, what, late 1800s or something? It was uh, 1911. Is that what I thought I saw? So it would be like it would be like making a movie of the poem The Raven and calling it Lenore. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody fucking knows who Lenore is. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it's it's yeah, it's 1911 is when this was published. Is what it was. Yeah. And so he's not Sherlock Holmes. Like it's not a name that people. I mean, and I don't actually not really caught up on the title. Like I think that's that's okay. Because okay. like after you watch it, you're like, oh yeah, he's John Carter. That's and it's 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 okay with me because he says his name a lot in the movie because people call him Virginia, and so like <laughs> that wasn't. And it's also like kind of grounding because like that's his Earth name, you sure. know, and he's like a transplant. So um, the name didn't really bother me, but you're but you're right immediately. Like just so much verbiage of stuff that I that you're right that I would gloss over normally and I don't care about. Sure. And it might be like I'm trying to think like like Ready Player One, the movie versus the book. Um, the the examples in the movie are like more for people who would watch that movie. So like the book is very technical and very has different things, but like. They couldn't just like dumb it down for us a little bit or like give us easy things to remember, Mm -hmm. I guess, in the movie. Mm -hmm. So that's, you're right. That's where I got lost. Yeah. And I think that it's strange that we have all of this verbiage where, you know, like yourself, I was just like, okay, I don't, I'm sure I'll figure it out eventually. But right now this, this isn't, this isn't vital to me. And then we have an action sequence and then it goes and it cuts to the title card where it says John Carter. And I'm like, wait a minute, you haven't even introduced the character. Like, the, like, why is this the thing? Right. You know, it's like it would be his first introduction or he does something. And then it would cut to the title with it when it's named after a guy. If it's just right. a world, it, it would be fine the way that it is. But I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I'm a little hung up on the name of it. I wish it was called something different. That's interesting. Yeah. I actually like the name yeah. that it's called John Carter. You don't like my suggestion of something different? I think that that would be good. No, I think that's a horrible idea. <laughs> Stop talking. No. It would be called something different, colon, and then what did it say? What was the... Something uh, about unrest, yeah. Yeah, something, something different, colon, there's some kind of unrest going on. So what Sounds would you perfect. call it then? Probably a princess of Mars. That's awful. Why? I mean, that's what the book is called. Yeah, from I don't know. It has to be something. If it was that eighty, that ninety, like eighties, nineties action movie, A Princess of Mars for Mars would be like super fit. Yeah. It reminds me of like the, um, like flashbacks in Men in Black where they have like the, like things on sticks for like the planets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense to me. I don't know. Well, I just like because if it was in the eighties, it would be. Probably too close to the Princess Bride. A Princess of Mars, the Princess Bride. That's true. But like Disney put out Prince of Persia. Oh, that's true. Hmm. That I, was don't like two- I don't know. I don't Maybe know. Maybe it would be, uh, you know, a Princess of Mars or something. I don't know. You. Would- but it's not about her. It's that's, about him. That's true. It is true. Mm. It could be called Prince of Mars. Prince of Mars, I guess. I guess that's part of what I would like to say too is I wish it was more about her because I think that I thought that she was good in the movie. She needed pants, but other than that, it was fine. <laughs> How dare you, of all people, say such a thing? <laughs> I, I hate pants. Yeah. You're right. Uh, but, so before we get into that part, though, I think that what what I was saying about the structurally strange <laughs> the way that it's organized is just so. Uh, it's just so not good. So we have this prologue, and then we have another prologue, and then we have a flashback. And, like, all of that is right at the beginning. And so it's, like, set up and then set up and then set up, and then we finally get into it. It's like, Jesus. Right. Like, we're a good 20-some minutes into it before the film actually, like, starts, it feels like to me. Agreed. And so they should and just I'm- cut all – they should cut the majority of that stuff out of there. Well, and we didn't need him to send the tell. I mean, the telegram was kind of like a fun scene, mm-hmm. but like, I didn't know anything or care enough about him to be like, "Ooh, that's fun and mysterious." I was almost just annoyed. Yeah, it seems like they could have easily just done some of that beginning stuff in the kind of voiceover while we're looking at the little boy reading the reading the book and trying to get right? into the tomb. Yeah. And there's just like, you know, just have some old school 80s voiceover about, you know, he's reading something and then 
it cuts into when he's it's like a meta thing where the author's talking to the kid. Yeah. Uh, like uh like my uh like my movie with Atreyu, the never ending story. You know, he could just be <laughs> sitting there reading a little oh, reading it a little bit. And you don't have to see every single thing that he's reading. I've never seen that movie. Oh, have you not? Mm-mm. It's a it's a really good eighties sort of movie that now is like, oh man, I remember that sort of stuff. I remember kids that looked like that with a floppy bowl cut. Yeah, I had that. Yeah, <laughs> did. <you? laughs> I that looking. I remember in. looking in the mirror. <laughs> so yeah, so I think it's a structural mess. I think that. Once we get going, like the stuff that you already mentioned with the the whole Virginia thing, yeah, that I thought was surprisingly funny because yeah. because I was like, oh, that's like, oh, okay, like we're we're wanting to have fun. Oh, you know, it was it was like, ah, oh, geez, this whole thing is so heavy and so serious yeah. and so just not a great time. But then once once the Tharns actually get introduced and he gets up there and. Taylor Kitsch is definitely doing like the, his best Ron Perlman old boy, like rolling his eyes, like, oh, oh crap, kind of thing, right? right? Nothing, he's not really too bothered by much. Like, he's yeah. like, oh, we got to fight this one thing. Okay. You know, um, I thought that right away, once he gets up there and we have the whole him trying to walk around on the planet, I thought that was fun. Yeah. That was interesting. <laughs> um, where he keeps falling down and. <laughs> yeah. And so I quite liked that part. Um, did you did you think that the whole in the army thing? Like, I understand that he needs some sort of backstory, but like, I didn't get anything from the, those scenes. No, it, like, were we supposed to get that he was like a tough guy and like a lone wolf? Yeah, I mean, I don't see how that benefits the audience to know that information. Yeah. Once again, it could have been like. A, like very short montage or like a, a voiceover mm-hmm. to explain what he was doing in the middle of the desert in Arizona. Yeah. They could have had him uh, getting his ass kicked and he has some sort of remembrance of when he got his ass kicked in during the war or something. Right. Could have just right. been a real quick thing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, no, Carry no on. that's fine. So th- these are all ways in which they could have trimmed the runtime. Cause I think we're yeah. in agreement that it was just too long. Yeah. It's too long of a movie. Uh, I think that there there are a few little missteps once they're getting the whole like, oh, you have to marry this person and you have to do this with the Deja, Deja Thora stuff. Yeah. To where I was like, no, 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 no. She needs to be the strong character. Like she, I put, no, I was must I was pissed. I don't really remember this part, but um, he she must be talking to her dad. And I said... The dad is like yelling, basically saying that she has to do this different stuff. And I wanted her to be the one that sort of raised her voice and the one that sort of was being defiant and being like the strong character instead of just kind of like begrudgingly going and going along with whatever they wanted her to. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I put, God damn it. <laughs> she, <laughs> she should be the one that yells out exclamation point. No exclamation point. God damn it again. Exclamation point. So I was mad about that. Freaking angry about that. Yeah. Well, she, I mean, like she, and then, like when they're fighting, and he's like, "You better get behind me," and she's like, "You better get behind me." Um, like she's a strong character there, and it just, it's not. I don't know if she's doing it for like honor or family or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. I think that I just think that they they had an actor that was game. I felt like. Because I, I can see where when this is Lynn Collins, who I'm unfamiliar with, but I think that, um, oh, I guess she was in a Wolverine movie too, but she could have been <clears throat> the sort of, uh, I guess it's a few years early, but it could have been like this, uh, you know, Wonder Woman-esque type of a character instead of right. just this, like these sort of stereotypical princess that's just there. Because they did a little bit of it, but I don't feel like they went far enough. Right. Like, she's a good fighter. Mm-hmm. And she, see, and like, like you said, like, she's apparently really smart because she, like, invents this machine and blah, blah, blah. But, like, that's the only time we see any of that happening. And then the rest of it is I have to get married. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's just like she... I don't know. She's the princess. I would have wanted a little bit more sort of, uh, I guess, uh, attitude for lack of yeah. a better word, or just yeah, more I character, agree. more colors or something. Yeah. So I don't know. What did you think of the actual Tharns and the character design and the way that they were portrayed and all that sort of thing? Um, I thought they were interesting looking. Um, I'm wondering if like, they, how closely they followed the book. Mm-hmm. If like they did ride horses or, um, you know, how all of that transpired because it's, it feels like their, uh, society is kind of, I don't know. Cause like, it's weird. It's almost like Atlantis where the mm-hmm. Disney movie where they're like old school, but they have like really crazy power. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like that happens a lot when we go to like a different society. Everyone's like, more um like years behind mm-hmm. like it was almost like western mm-hmm. so um i don't know yeah i think that part of the part of the issue for me is i was having a hard time discerning who was who uh, oh yeah and so i was like wait a minute is that well that's willem dafoe i can tell by his voice that's tars tarkas and i don't know who this one is so is he good or is he bad is this a different one? Is this the same girl? Like, it was that kind of stuff when I'm watching it. Yeah. And they kind of looked like gremlins in the in the face a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, they looked like gremlins and grasshoppers kind of put together to me. Oh, yeah. Grasshoppers. That's yeah, from true. Uh, Bug's Life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I was kind of having an issue with that. And I don't know. I guess tell me what you thought about Mark Strong. He played Ol Mai Tai, as you're trying to call him, Ol Matai Shang, and he's um, he's playing the sort of deal that he always plays, like the straight out of Sherlock Holmes, right? He was so good in Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Um, that's a director. Um, I I always liked him i think that that role didn't really give him a lot to do Mm -hmm. he kind of just had floaty eyes and talked really monotone about ruining everybody yeah and i think part of the issue here is is i'm maybe maybe like a week to 10 days out from seeing it Mm -hmm. and i couldn't tell you what they were wanting to do at all i don't know i didn't understand that either like they're using um, Hot Guy from The Wire yeah. as, like... <laughs> McNulty, yes. <laughs> What's his name? McNulty in The Wire. Oh, yeah, McNulty. I don't know his real <laughs> it's name. It's Dominic West. Mm, it would be Dominic. That's lovely. <laughs> um, but they're using him to, like, as a puppet, right? Because he's supposedly an idiot, and they gave him this weapon, and... Um, yeah, but I have no idea, like, what their what their goal was. I don't, I I don't know. I don't know. And, and again, I don't know if I just struggled with identifying people, but then we also had James Purefoy who was in Rome and the following that Kevin Bacon cult show. And he, and he looks sort of like Dominic West. Like he looks a little bit like him. James Purefoy does. And he was one. I don't know. Well, I'm sure if you look it up, you would be able to. I'm looking it up. Yeah. But he, uh, he looks like he, he plays, uh, Cantos something or other. Let me find it. Cantos Khan or something. See, that's a dumb name. Cantos Khan, yeah. And then Dominic West played Saab Thon. Again, another. Just why? I don't know. And then we had Syrian Hines who played, uh, um, he was also in Rome. He played Tardos Moors. He was the guy. I think he was the the king. Syrian Hines. He always looks like he's a dude that. Should, oh yeah. He should play in like old, uh, like basically in Rome forever, like old timey, like sort of medieval looking yeah. movies all the time. Or anything just really, really British. Okay, yeah. I know who James Purefoy is. Yeah. So anyway, so those guys are all kind of of a type to me. And it yeah. just felt weird that it was like, these are the guys that are cast, and then we have these Tharns that all looked sort of the same, and we have these guys that all kind of look the same, like they look similar-ish. Mm-hmm. And I just had an issue, like nobody, I don't know, he goes to Mars and then everyone's the same, I felt like. 
And like, that's not, I don't feel like that's, I feel like that's a missed opportunity where you could have talked about some sort of race or some sort of social dynamic or something, but everyone like looked exactly like there was like the same groups. Well, they did have, um, yeah. And they talked about how they had redder skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also thought that was really odd that we go all the way to Mars and we have green bug people, but also exact humans <laughs> of us. Yeah, really. Like what, <laughs> How did that work out for everybody? Yeah, if you're wanting to explain something, explain that one to me. Right? I'm also confused, and you can judge me or t- tell me I'm wrong, but we're supposed to believe that a Civil War soldier just happens to know all about the solar system and Mars? Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, no offense to the Civil War soldiers, but I assume that like that, that really, really wasn't like a topic of research for them. <laughs> and... And not not for nothing, but uh, Taylor Kitsch doesn't look like a a bookworm type, right? You know what I mean? Well, yes. <laughs> maybe it's the Friday Night Lights in him that I'm judging that he wasn't uh, the most studious of people. But mm-hmm. but yeah. So one of the things that was kind of a knock against the movie was him him being the action hero. Like, what did you think of our John Carter? Um. I didn't, I mean, I, I thought it was okay fighting. Like he seems like a fighting guy. Mm -hmm. Um, he didn't like, honestly, he didn't really sell me a whole lot on the acting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wrote here and I don't know when, when this was, but I said, I always hate when something happens where you can tell it's a movie. Like one of the extras runs straight to their mark and extras real hard. (laughs) So like, it must've been like in one of the fight scenes, but like, that and it happened it doesn't happen very much but it annoys me so much so like you know because you're trying to be in it you're not trying to you know look at it meta or or, you know sometimes like you just want to like be in it and like somebody like went and stood really great on their spot and i was like god damn it like you just ruined it for me um but i i don't think that he was like the most believable actor i've ever watched either Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying sure well, and this was his big attempt. I mean, it was, you know, he did Friday Night Lights until 2011, and then he went right into John Carter, and then he went into uh, the movie Battleship. And it was oh. going to be, you know, the, him him sort of his emergence onto the, the movie scene, a little, uh, you know, Will Smith-like, where you do your TV show, and then you make a big blockbuster movie, and it's successful, and you're supposed to be charming. And it just didn't kind of, it just didn't really work out for Taylor Kitsch. And, Which is unfortunate. Yeah, and I but, think he's okay, but he just seems real limited on what he can do. I'm trying to think of, like, what a better movie plot would be for him. Like, I like, like, he could do maybe a period piece, like, if it was more, ugh, like, I can't even think of what a lead would be good for him in. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that he plays, uh, you know, what would be good for him, I think, is is something like what the original Die Hard was, where he's desperate and hurt and is trying to, like, struggle to survive all the time. Like, in, yeah. he's kind of down and out and he's got his hair in his face kind of a deal all the time. Yeah. Um, I feel like that, something that would make him be like that frequently would work better than him being the sort of noble freedom fighter that is like the beacon of hope. He would be more of like the guy that's either in the background that's just sort of doing shit to mess with people or something like that, I feel like. Yeah, and I he just doesn't come off and in this movie he didn't really need to, but he doesn't come off as like witty or snarky. Mm-hmm. Um, and this role didn't call for that, but I think this movie did take itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been a lot, like you said, like, oh, we're having fun up until that point. Like I didn't know. And there were snippets of that, but like, I don't know. It just felt like when you're watching like a superhero movie and you're like, oh, the world's going to end. Like I just, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think it needed to be as as like heavy as it was yeah because it's like well not only is 
not only do we have our own problems because it's the, you know the civil war time and then we're going to this other world and it's like well is the world gonna fall if john carter doesn't save them all or something it just felt like all of this serious heavy stuff instead of him just you know on an adventure it, right and i don't know if the if the people that made the movie felt like well if we put all of these worlds in peril that'll help um make the audience know that the that this is an important film or that there's high stakes or something but the only part, I mean, the most successful part to me was when he got thrown back to Earth and couldn't get back. You know? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, because it was, it's towards the end here and, and, uh, for people that haven't seen it. And, you know, he gets kind of to where he's settled and he's like, yeah, if, you know, fuck the Civil War. I'm good. Like, I'm good here. You know, I, right. I can jump forever. I've got all this stuff I can do. And so he was going to live there and happily ever after. And then he gets thrown back to the uh back to earth and that those were the scenes where she's trying to find him and all that kind of stuff that I was like okay now this is working well for me like then cut all of this beginning stuff out and make it short that he goes there he kicks everyone's ass and then you know that part's over fairly early on yeah and then we have this part that works really well either stretched out a little bit more or the movie's just shorter <laughs> I keep right. going back or to the like, same thing. I agree, because I think that was the most interesting part for me, too. And then, like, we we could get a bigger glimpse into, like, what Mark Strong's deal is mm -hmm. instead of, like, just weirdly following him around. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's a great suggestion. Because I didn't mind the whole him, um, like, when there's, it's, it struck me a little bit like uh, that Denzel movie, Frailty. Where he could be different people or whatever. Isn't that what was going on when he was at Earth? Mark Strong could like impersonate people because he made oh, it yeah. in Oh, yeah. Or on Mars. He can do it. Anybody. Oh, yeah. That's right. And so it struck me as that where that Denzel movie where it was like a demon or a bad person or whatever could go oh, from person to person. Was... Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I, th I like that movie. Uh, that's a nice 90s movie that uh, I should probably watch again sometime. But anyway, nice 90s movie. Nice 90s movie. <laughs> Just like it looks so 90s when you look at the box art and it, everything. It does. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, when you look at the VHS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just think that that's something that they could have done more with. You know, they they can't figure out a way to get him to Earth. So uh, or like he or like he goes there. Someone tells him something that only he knows. And that information is so helpful and it's going to help them save something and then he gets kicked back to earth mm -hmm. and he has to get back it's not just for himself like being settled like he has to go back and give this information or give this something to somebody so like put the uh you know the tension there yeah. and then in the meantime we can cut to mars and like shit's going bad and she's wondering like did he leave on purpose and she like has conversations with other people like worrying about it so like not only does he need to come back for this but she's also like they had a big fight or something right before yeah, they left. Exactly. Left. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say to where it's, it's not as exciting to have them separated once everything's going perfectly fine. Like you right. can have it go perfectly fine, then create some kind of conflict and then have them separated. Right. Right. Yeah. And that way I'd be like, Oh my God, he said that horrible thing to her and all he wants to do is come back and apologize. And he just can't mm -hmm. like that's that to me is like, I'm eating popcorn. I'm glued to the screen. Mm hmm. I think that would have worked out much, much better. I think that that is what they could have done. Now, why did, why is it that you think that, like we talked about a little bit about why or how the movie could be better. What do you think went wrong? Like, what do you think that, what were some of the major mistakes to you that, that, uh, could have been changed, I guess, besides just like shorter, right? I feel like we're hitting right. that one. I think we covered some of them. I think the, like easing you into the verbiage and rules of the of the world um, would have been helpful or like making it easier for you to know people. Um, well, cause, and, cause you can, can you imagine a scene where he gets there and instead of seeing the Tharns who he's just kind of like, Whoa, weird, <laughs> you know, instead of like, yeah. Holy shit, there's like this fucking huge grasshopper thing that's trying to get me or whatever. Right. 
but he's just so nonplussed. And I think that's part of the character that they were trying to go for to where nothing really phases him that much. But sure. I don't know how effective that was, I guess. I mean, you could have him show up and he meets one of the humans because that's totally normal. And what's also surprising is all of the grasshopper people were just like, whoa, look at this. Even though it's like, well, there's all these other humans also. But he could jump. But he could jump. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just was like, well, how are you so astounded by him? Like right away. Like, what is it that? I mean, it's just because I don't know. And yeah, and he's like not losing his shit over. First of all, like, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was the character, but like, if I go to a place and I can't get up and like walk, I'm panicking. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, oh man, this is fun or whatever the hell was going on. Like, I'm like, what is going on? Are my legs weirdly broken? <laughs> like, but I think you're right. Like, and maybe that army scene at the beginning was for us to see that like he doesn't really get faced a whole lot. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like a thing where they could have done about four or five things and they did the one wrong thing that they that you know it's like you had five options and one was wrong and you chose the wrong one yeah and i think again not having the right kind of tension and then not creating a situation that i gave a shit about Mm -hmm. like i don't first of all like i i honestly was like are the are all of these people on the same team? You know, like mm-hmm. I didn't understand like who the weird towns were that were fighting each other and things like that. Exactly, and so yeah. um I didn't know what the problem was. And then once I sort of found out what the problem was, I didn't care enough about it to to have me be really worried about the outcome, to be honest with you. Yeah, because we had these ships that are kind of destroying each other and then we had the, and I was like, Are they is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. I right. don't know. Right. And like people are clapping and I'm like, it didn't your shit. I'm, con- I was confused about mm-hmm. that also. And then he like just, that's the other thing. Like he decides to step in when he sees this girl. Mm-hmm. I feel like, but then right after that, he's like, I did it for you guys, you know, like, or they <laughs> think he did, but like he didn't want to have anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's like, Oh, she doesn't have pants on. I better go crush. <laughs> ships together in the air mm-hmm. um, and i thought it was really cool when they like went on that journey and they like put the light in the thing and like shit started happening like that mm-hmm. stuff was cool to me too. oh like, they were in the like, cave and stuff yeah yeah like that was cool like figure some more stuff out about that and like dive into that um i did write though why is it always a blue light I wish Douglas Adams would write one with like a shining brown light. Because <laughs> I feel like that's in his wheelhouse to do. It is always a blue light, right? Yeah, it's, it's like some... a shining turquoisey. It's always like in the realm of what Tron looks like. It's like yeah. those sort of colors always. Right. Yeah. Agreed. So it, I guess in the beginning, it would have made more sense for me if he goes there and he's like, okay, the landscape looks about the same, right? And he's having trouble moving around. And then the princess, she just stumbles upon him for whatever reason, for reason reasons is what I would put right. in the script. And then <laughs> just like name, name. And right. so she would show up and he's just like, oh, hey, you know, like, I don't know what's going on talking about how he can't walk. And then they could collectively come upon these grasshopper people, as I'm going to call- keep calling them. Right. And then she can say while they're trying to get away who they are, what they're doing, all of that kind of stuff. And she can get whisked away and he can have a scene where he's jumping and they're like, holy shit, he can jump after she's sort of done all of the explanations. Instead of all of this shit that I don't care about, she could just be there with him while, or somebody can be there with him while he's explaining what's going on. It just seems to make, it just seems to be a lot easier to me. Yeah. Or like somehow he like meets her and like they, like you said, they have kind of a normalcy for a little bit. And then some weird shit happens where he like figure, I don't know. Yeah, some weird shit for him, but not for the person that lives. Right. There. And they're, it's like totally normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, what the, f- <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. You're green. And what is this dog that's fast as shit? <laughs> which, like, like, which I thought that the dog was cute, but I wish, I mean, did they have to make it so ugly? Like I thought the point you're a Disney. 
you've got to make it look cuter than that to where you can sell some merchandise. Right? Right? It's supposed to be like a sidekick. Make it like an adorable dog. Well, it's like this frog dog that is gross looking. And the actual character of this CGI thing I thought was fun. Like it was, it just kept chasing him around and going wherever he was. And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cute. That's clever. It's definitely going to catch up to him here soon. And I thought those parts were good. And I thought that I thought I was like, okay, I'm, I'm hanging with this. And I think that's the thing that made me so frustrated with the movie was I was like, no, there, the movie is here. Just be a little smarter with what you're doing. Like it just seems like there was. It was such a big production, and they had so much money that they had to do all of the stuff that they didn't need to do. Right, right. The, and, and like, it falls back to me that if you don't have a great script, it doesn't work, mm-hmm. regardless of how much money you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think that, obviously, the the film and the book based, or the film that's uh, based on the book is famous enough, not enough to where... Uh, everyone knew exactly what it was, apparently, but I don't think that there's anything wrong with not devi- deviating too far from it unless this is exactly how <laughs> the book was, where it just is front loaded with all of these explanations that you don't need. Then you but, then you got to decide, look, this is a hundred years later. We've got to make some changes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like just make it into a movie. That's mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, there will always be people that are like, well, first of all, I didn't even know this was a book until you told me 20 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, there will always be, I guess, people that read this book and be like, it's not like the book. They're probably all dead, but <laughs> like, just make the movie, like make it the movie. Don't, you don't have to worry a hundred percent about staying like super true. Make it palatable for people who are going to sit down and watch it as a film. That's true. Which is funny because originally last week I would have disagreed with you when we were going to discuss the snowman. <laughs> because I would have said, no, just make the book. What are you well, doing? That, in that case, they should have just made the book. Because that movie was horse shit. <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> why we didn't record that was, first of all, the movie was just terrible. And yeah. it had been a while since it, both of us had seen it. But but yeah, just the the book was written very cinematically to where you could have just taken, okay, here's a scene. We're going to just film this scene and just see Literally. how it goes. Yeah. Yes. We're just gonna, I could have directed it myself. We're not even and going I, to change it into a screenplay. Just read out of the book. Right. <laughs> and be gruff. Yeah. That's it. Be gruff. Make sure uh, Matthias or whatever doesn't have any nipples. That's all. That's all my direction right. is. Oh Can my we gosh, talk about, I don't... Why the fuck did they not put that in there? That was, like, one of the cool things. I was like, oh, weird. Like, oh, weird and cool at the very beginning. And then they don't even have that in the movie. It's so dumb. Well, and that's, like, one of the characteristics. Like... Oh, Jesus. I don't have time for it. I don't have time for it. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's... that. There's our, uh, there's our two-minute discussion of why we didn't talk about the snowman. Make the book. Yeah, make the book. This case... Maybe if the book's a hundred years book. old, don't make the book. You have to be able to discern. And I think part of the problem is that Andrew Stanton is, uh, has said several times that he is a very big fan of the source material. And so I think that sometimes you can be a little precious with your works that you're in love with. And you're like, well, no, I can't take this part out. This is, maybe this adds to five books down the road and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, if I don't have a clue what's going on, just tell me only what I need to know, and that's it. Right. This isn't Game of Thrones where you can, like, put something in there and then a year and a half later it pays off. Like, you have not You have two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again. I don't, yeah. You should have had 90 minutes, but you had two hours and 12. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So, I think that that's, that's pretty much everything that we had to say about that, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that we didn't mention is while we've said a few times that the movie was very expensive, it was a $250 million budget. The cumulative worldwide gross was $284 million. And why it was a big flop is you got to factor in marketing is roughly, usually roughly about half of the budget. Wow. And so that's basically just all a lost. But but they only made $73 million in the U.S. 
So that is a huge kick in the shorts on that on that US gross is you're you're making, you know, like essentially a little over a third of what you spent. That's not good. But so I what that was what I was getting to is I think that outside of him jumping around himself, I think that a lot of the other CGI was a complete waste. Like it didn't feel like it needed to be in there at all. Like granted the Tharns needed to be CGI, I get that. But it just felt like some of these sort of the like the gladiator battle. I didn't I, yeah. I didn't really enjoy that that much. No. And I didn't think that that was particularly well done. I just felt like if you're going to be if it's going to be a Disney property, be Disney and have more fun than what you had here. This was just I agree. I I think that that's that's another thing it was missing was like there was not a lightheartedness in it at all. Like the dog, I guess, was a cute part and it was the dog even and like, him trying to walk and that was it. Yeah, even like the the father-daughter relationship with like that was real hard. Like I just I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I think that that's probably going to do it. I think that ultimately the movie should have been way shorter. It should have been less talky. It should have just been more about the third act and less about all of the setup is basically what we're coming down on. I agree. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this, uh, for this shoulda, coulda, woulda. Why don't you uh, wrap us up there, Cruz, and then we'll talk real briefly about what our last pick is going to be. All right. Well, let me get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any comments for the show or movies you think we should talk about, please feel free to email us at plainlabelpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show over at Twitter under the handle at plainlabelpod. We also have a Facebook page and an account on Instagram, and you can follow both of those by searching for Plain Label Podcast. If you want to help out the show, you could check out Audible, or you could check out our show notes where, you're, where you'll find our Amazon wish list, as well as our Amazon link, where you can purchase anything you want at Amazon, just like you normally would, all the weird shit that you buy, with the only difference being it helps us out a little bit by giving us a little of money from Amazon's very tiny pockets. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with our final film in the shoulda, coulda, woulda, woulda, did, never worked. The 2003 notorious comic book adaptation, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I was going to say The League of Our Own. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. A League of Our Own. <laughs> A League of Their Own. Isn't that what it is? That keeps me from dancing with the one I love. My mind holds the key. Still my heart beats so slow